Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. A lot of talk over the course of the last several weeks, reported by Derek Gould at stltoday.com and Ken Rosenthal most recently, that the Cardinals are in discussions with the Miami Marlins about right-hander Pablo Lopez. Who better to talk about the Marlins, especially because it has to do with the Cardinals, than our friend Craig Mish of MLB Network, Miami Herald, the Swings and Mishes podcast, and all things Marlins. Good morning, Craig. How are you doing? Good morning, Randy and Carrie. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. We always uh, like like to have you with us. Let's start with this, especially on the heels of the Marlins signing Johnny Cueto. Are they motivated to move Pablo Lopez, and could it be to St. Louis? Well, I mean, they're motivated to add to their starting lineup, and if that means trading Pablo Lopez, then I think it's a possibility. But, you know, again, the deal has to be right. They, they value Lopez very much so. He's uh, one of the anchors of their rotation, and a reliable guy on the mound. So um, could be the Cardinals, sure. I mean, it could be a handful of other teams as well. But, you know, time is running short here as far as doing a deal perhaps before opening day. And so I think from Miami's perspective, at some point they have to decide whether or not it's worth it in terms of the return. And then if not, maybe circle back on this at some point uh, this summer. But for now, they still are testing the waters and listening to offers, you know, proposing other trade offers as well. And you know, obviously, St. Louis is a good fit in this deal. It's just a matter of if they can line up for a trade. What elements are the Marlins looking for? What What do they need to? What holes do they need to fill if they're going to part with a guy of Lopez ability? Well, I, I mean, I think Randy, the first thing is is an everyday player. They'd like to acquire someone with some pop. Uh, you know, there's, you know, there's definitely holes on the team in terms of offense and they could use, I, I think at the very minimum, one player that could bat somewhere in the two, three, four, five hole in that lineup. And so if that was a possibility for the Cardinals to give up something like that, I think that, you know, that could be engaged. But, you know, as far as looking for players in addition to that, it would be players that could help them on the everyday roster of this year. They've had some inquiries as far as their starting pitching is concerned, Randy, to acquire players that could help them in the future. But I feel like that's the kind of deal that they would do in July or August, and I don't think that's really in the mix right now. If they're going to trade Lopez now, it appears to me they'd want somebody back that can help them and start immediately for them every day. Hey, Craig, we know the, the NL East is stacked, and they have a, a lot of few great teams at the top. What are the realistic expectations for skipping his first season as manager? Yeah, well, I, I mean, I, I think that, you know, publicly they'll put on, you know, the best face possible here, Kerry, because I think that they want to improve off last year and they can make in, uh, significant improvements in terms of themselves. And I think that's probably what you're going to hear a lot from Skip as we get closer to the season is let's worry about us and let's not worry about everyone else. Let's keep our guys healthy. Let's not worry about anything else. And I think if that happens, realistically speaking, I don't think that, Kerry, you're going to find a projection with the Marlins much over 500 this season. So, I mean, for them to 
you know, they can dream that they could win 90 games or 85 games or somewhere along those lines, but almost everything would have to go right, I think, for that to happen. So realistically speaking, if the club was to make a 10 or 15 game improvement, get over 500, I mean, I think that's a reasonable expectation for them. But beyond that, a lot of things, again, would have to go in their favor given the fact that there are three teams in the division that are clearly, in my mind, ahead of them on paper. As I look at that lineup that uh, the the Marlins feature right now, uh, some guys are locked in, right? If the Cardinals wanted to move a DH, Solaire is going to be the DH in Miami, correct? Correct. Yes, that, that, that is correct. So Solaire had back trouble last year, Randy, and I, I think they'd like to keep him off his feet as much as they can. Uh, I mean, certainly he could play 10 games or 20 games in left field this year. I could see that. But yes, you're right. DH, DH, I believe, will be his primary position. Seems to me, and we talked about this last year, Craig, they're looking for a center fielder that can hit. That that seems to be the hole right now. Yes, it remains. A year later to yeah. be the hole right now. Uh, you know, they have, they have a kid who, uh, who they traded for a couple of years ago named Brian De La Cruz who I'm sure you guys saw in spring training and then saw a little bit during the regular season, too. He was up and down last year and finished strong. And he's sort of the default option right now for them in center field. But I think, Randy, in a perfect world, they'd like to have De La Cruz play left field and have a center fielder. But the one thing that I would say to, to you and Carrie and everybody else is that the center field market is very thin. This almost feels like the NFL quarterback market. Mm-hmm. Like, every year there are very few guys out there that can play this position at a high level. And so it's, it's just not as easy as it seems to acquire that kind of player, especially one that can play the position long-term. I mean, look at the money Brandon Nimmo got from the Mets and look at the market next year opening up at center field. There really isn't a lot. So either they're going to have to trade for one or you know, sort of piece it together yet again. You know what's interesting is that and I know the Marlins probably wouldn't be in the market for a guy like Tyler O'Neill, who has only two years of control left. But Dylan Carlson can certainly play center. Lars Newbar can play center. Jordan Walker's on the way. He can play center. If there is one team that has depth at center field, it's the Cardinals. Yeah, and and I don't think the Cardinals are trading Lars Newbar, but that would either. be the one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that yeah, would be the one Walker. player. Yeah, yeah. Well, obviously Walker. Yeah, but <laughs> I mean, it's I mean, Walker. You could help any team right now. Uh, you know, I, I think that if the Cardinals would entertain trading Lars Newbar for Pablo Lopez, <laughs> I think that there could be a deal there. But it, my, it, to my knowledge, that's the one guy that could, you know, at least from around baseball and looking at some advanced metrics and things like that. I mean, that, that player could take a huge, huge jump this year in that Cardinals lineup. So, um, yeah, it probably would have to be one of those other guys. And, and I'm not sure that that is a fit. I'm not sure that that matches up with what the Marlins are trying to do. So I guess we'll see. Hey, Craig, we're here in St. Louis, and, and we see the way that the Mets are spending money, and it's it's mind-blowing. But I, you all are division <laughs> rivals. When you look at how they're spending money, is it just – are you taking it back at times and, and saying, how do you ever catch up to the guys like that? It's, it's a very difficult deal for Miami in this division. They just have some bad luck with that, and I don't know that they're going to be able to fight that anytime soon. What's interesting is Fangraphs just actually put out their projected payroll on roster resource for 2023, and believe it or not, the Marlins have the fourth biggest payroll increase from last year to this year. So it's like you're, you're sort of playing in a different league, Kerry. It's like mm-hmm. they're, they're, they're playing on, on, on Earth, and, and the Marlins <laughs> are playing on Mars. It's like they, they, can't, they can't even I – don't, I don't know. Are they supposed to double their payroll to $200 million or $170 million? I don't I don't know what the answer is. 
So that's what it's kind of like goes back to the same thing is they almost have to have that perfect season like a Cleveland last year or a Tampa Bay in the past, you know, kind of fighting that, that sort of payroll issue that they have. But again, I mean, they've, they've increased the payroll by, I believe it's 25 or 30% over last year. And it still pales in comparison to where the Mets are and where, you know, obviously the Phillies are. And then the way the Braves do things is obviously incredible with all the extensions that they've had. Craig Mish with us on 101 ESPN. You can catch Craig on Fantasy Sports Today from 11 to uh, noon, uh, or I'm sorry, 10 a.m. Central Time, 10 to 11 a.m. Central Time. Craig, one more thing, because we talked a lot the year that the Cardinals traded for Marcel Ozuna, and yep. there's a lot of people in St. Louis that are really bothered by the fact that Sandy Alcantara is what he is right now. We, when we go back and we have to look at what happened at day of, was anybody in the Marlins organization foreseeing what Sandy Alcantara has become? No chance. No chance whatsoever. I mean, this is just a, this is a, this is a pitching development story for the Marlins who made him into the player that he is today. I think, Randy, we could double down on that and ask the question, could anybody have seen Zach Gallen? be the pitcher that he exactly, is he right. involved in that deal, too. I mean, you look, you're going to win deals, you're going to lose deals. I, I think in the end, when you look at Mo and Gersh's record, you're going to find that they've won more than they've lost. And I think in the end, this is just one of those L's that you can't really quantify. Uh, but the best organizations are winning more than they're losing. And this is unfortunately one for the Cardinals where I, I think you, you compounded it back when they made the Arena deal, too. Like, everyone's like, oh, my gosh, the Cardinals are losing all these deals. Uh, but in the end, yeah, I really don't see it that way. And when you have Goldschmidt and you get Arenado, I mean, I feel like they've won those deals too. So uh, this is just the nature of baseball. You win some, you lose some. And then clearly the Marlins made, made the best of that one, no doubt. Definitely. Hey, Craig, it's always good to talk to you. You're our go-to for Marlins information and Major League information. You're wonderful. We appreciate your time today. And we'll talk to you soon. Yeah, I will speak to you guys, I'm sure, in Jupiter in a month from now. So Absolutely. happy to be on again. Have a great day. Thanks, Greg. Craig Mish, of, he's a contributor for MLB Network. He works for the Miami Herald. And as we mentioned, uh, Fantasy Sports Today from 10 to 11 a.m. Central Time. So check that out as well.